In fact, there's a story where his disciples see all the miracles he's doing and all the healings and all the wonderful stuff. And then they are looking for him because he spent the whole night awake someplace else by himself in prayer. They're like, Jesus, don't you know people are waiting for you? He says, that's good, but I'm going to leave and go do something different. And he just walks away from a whole village of people waiting for him. See, our Christian life, if it's only filled with us talking to God, we miss the most important part. Because honestly, I don't care who you're praying for or how fancy your prayer is or how heartfelt it is. I don't care what you have to say in your prayer. Your prayer and my prayer will always be infinitely less than whatever God wants to say. It'll always be less meaningful and less moving and less intentional and less beneficial still good, just less. Hi, this is Chris from The Point, a church where you can come as you are and you can text in your questions. You may not be sure what you believe about God, Jesus, faith, or the Bible, and that's okay because faith is not about having it all figured out and God is not waiting for you to put your life together before he'll connect with you. If you'd like to find out more about The Point, you can visit our website at thepointknox.com or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at The Point Knox. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We pray this message has an impact in your life, or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are. Good morning. As we practice prayer together, we're getting into the part of prayer that gets really difficult. You see, when we begin praying, we start like infants beginning to pray with repetition in times of difficulty and exhaustion, when we're sick and don't have the strength, when we simply don't have the words to say, we can repeat prayers that have been prayed for millennia to God, and He hears and He answers them. And as we grow in prayer, we learn to give to him all of our gratitude and our laments, our pains and our burdens. We learn to come before him with petition and things we need. And even more, we learn to have our prayers be focused on those around us, to intercede on behalf of those that don't yet know God or who know God and are walking through all kinds of hardship. And as we pray for those around us, God moves and changes our life and our community and the people that we pray for. God answers our prayer and he's always faithful to do as he's promised. But for most of us in our journey with God, this is where we stop when it comes to prayer. We get really, really good if we commit ourselves to practicing at spending time praying for others all the time. And oftentimes, our prayers just become a monologue. We talk to God a whole bunch, and then we say amen and go about our business. I have three kids, and they each talk at different amounts. And if you've ever spent any time with my daughter, let me tell you this, she is my carbon copy. And you can be in a room with her for two minutes or for two hours, and she will not stop talking. Does not matter if you're awake, 
She will come into your room at 5.30 in the morning to ask you for things that don't matter. She will come in at 5.40 to ask you for another thing. She will talk the whole day long. And oftentimes it brings me great joy. But sometimes, as her dad, there are things I need to say to her. Things she needs to hear from me that sometimes require me to say, stop talking and listen. In our prayer life, it's just the same. As we grow with God, as we learn to walk with Him in this journey of becoming like Him, there are times when we need God to say to us, stop talking. Listen. Listen to what I have to say. Listen to what I'm doing right now. And throughout the Old Testament and even the New, God often shows up in some pretty remarkable ways. There are times when he talks with his people and he speaks face to face. And like Moses, there are times when he speaks and the mountains shake. And there's fire and clouds and it is terrifying. I have never had a burning bush moment. But I would love to see that. Partially because I like fire and partially the awe and wonder of God speaking in a moment like that. There are other times when God speaks like he did to Abraham, where Abraham encounters a stranger and walks with the stranger and talks to the stranger. And through the things he says, we see the stranger is not just any other person, but God himself physically there with Abraham. We see in the Old Testament, God speaks to prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah. And then we see guys like Elijah who are worn out and exhausted and stressed and feel all alone. And God doesn't show up in the mountains and the fire and the wind and the big, exciting show that we sometimes see. God speaks in the still, small whisper in the silence he's been avoiding. Sometimes God speaks in these really big ways, but most often he speaks much quieter. And I believe generally the reason why we as Christians rarely ever experience God speaking to me or to us is because there's simply too much noise, too much static in the background that we're listening to day in and day out. And we've never taken the time to quiet our soul and our mind and our bodies and simply be with God and listen. What are you saying today, God? We're going to begin in a story in Luke chapter 10, if you would like to follow along. Luke chapter 10 is on page 1084 in your blue Bibles. If you have your own Bible, I don't know what page it's on, but feel free to use that or your phone to follow along. Luke chapter 10. This is a story of two sisters, perhaps one you're familiar with. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. She went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, 
Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Have you ever been there? All the things on your list that have not gotten done, all the decisions you need to make, and the people you need to talk to, and the meetings you need to have, and the emails you haven't sent, and all the things around the house. Like, let's just be real. Whoever actually finishes laundry? Anyone? And all the things that are piling up anxious and troubled about many things. On top of our day-to-day living, we live in a world that is busy all the time. You are inundated with constant reminders on your phone of some need to connect, whether that's the social media you've been ignoring and a little red dot you can't seem to ignore any longer, or an email or a text or something, even worse, a news article that you have to know about right now or else. We live in a culture that is bombarding us with all kinds of things to fill our time and our energy and our mind. Are you anxious and troubled about many things? You see, in this text, it's really easy to villainize Martha. Like, she had Jesus in front of her. Why didn't she stop to be with him and to just listen to him? But the truth is, she was doing what she believed best. We have a guest in our house, a guest of honor who deserves to be honored. It would be wrong of me not to serve and to care and to love well. Martha wasn't ignoring Jesus, just too busy trying to please Jesus. Let me do all the things I think he wants from me. And yet Mary simply sat and listened. And I think we've all been there. We're doing our best to get everything done and we look at the people around us and we get irritated. How come they aren't carrying their weight, doing their share? Why am I the one burdened with all these things when other people should be helping me too? But Mary just sits and listens. Martha comes and asks for help. Tell my sister to help me. And Jesus doesn't. Instead, he offers her a help she wasn't expecting. Look, the good thing to do is to sit and listen. All of the rest of the serving you're trying to do, that's good, but that's not as good as this. All of the busyness you're filling your time and your energy with, that's good, but it's not as good as simply sitting and listening. What if your walk with God required less of you than you think? What if learning to follow Jesus required you to do less than you currently do? What if it actually was an invitation to stop doing all the things you do and to simply spend time listening to Jesus? We, in this place, the reason we're going through these practices is we believe that as Christians, our journey with Jesus is a lifelong process and none of us are perfect. We all have room to improve and to practice and to grow in this journey, 
of walking with Jesus, of being with him and then slowly becoming like him and eventually doing the things he did. Did Jesus feed those who were hungry? You bet. Did he care about those who were sick and weak and needed help? You bet. But did he spend time sneaking away to simply sit with his father? Absolutely. In fact, there's a story where his disciples see all the miracles he's doing and all the healings and all the wonderful stuff. And then they are looking for him because he spent the whole night awake someplace else by himself in prayer. And like, Jesus, don't you know people are waiting for you? He says, that's good, but I'm going to leave and go do something different. And he just walks away from a whole village of people waiting for him. See, our Christian life, if it's only filled with us talking to God, we miss the most important part. Because honestly, I don't care who you're praying for or how fancy your prayer is or how heartfelt it is. I don't care what you have to say in your prayer. Your prayer and my prayer will always be infinitely less than whatever God wants to say. It'll always be less meaningful and less moving and less intentional and less beneficial. It's still good, just less. Are you anxious and troubled? Maybe the solution is to just stop talking and to start being with God and there with Him to intentionally learn to listen. See, I think every one of us would love for God to speak. God, I want to know the direction of where I should go in life. What should I do about my career or about my friends or about my family? What should happen next? Show me, God, and teach me. And then we feel like he's silent. And so we go about our life just as if whatever we do is what he wants us to be doing. But maybe it's just because we've never stopped to actually listen after we asked. We're going to flip to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, Jesus tells this parable. This parable says this. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers." Jesus, he tells this parable, and like most of his parables, his disciples are totally dumbfounded. Jesus, we wanted to know something profound, and you're talking about sheep? Like, come on, that's the best you've got, Jesus? Sheep? In our culture today, we often use sheep to be a negative thing, right? You're just following like a sheep. You're just a, a blind or dumb sheep. And we use it often to describe people who are thoughtless and careless and will do whatever other people ask of them. Jesus uses sheep to talk about what it's like for us following God. He goes on a little bit later. He says, I am the good shepherd. My sheep know my voice. 
Do you know the voice of God? Do you know what He sounds like when He's speaking to you? How to discern between Him and the enemy or Him and yourself or Him and all these other things within you? Jesus tells this parable. He says, look, if even sheep can distinguish voices and know who's talking to them, surely you can as my children. Surely you can as children of God know the voice of the one who is calling to you. He's not sitting silently. He's inviting you and me to listen. And to listen on purpose. So how do we begin to learn to listen to God? It's very unlikely that you will ever or regularly hear the voice of God or encounter a burning bush. God did that. He can still do that. But generally, he doesn't do that anymore. And here's why. It says in Hebrews that in the days of old, we knew God's voice through the voice of the prophets. But now we have it through his son, Jesus. If we want to learn to listen to God, we first realize the place we begin to listen to the voice of God is Jesus. Everything that we hear that is from God is from Jesus. So anything you hear from God that is contrary to Jesus is not from God. Anything you think is God speaking that goes against Jesus is not from God. Seeking to hear God's voice by any means other than through His Son is not from God. So when we learn to listen to the voice of God, we start by recognizing it's either from Jesus or we need, like sheep, to ignore it. Even more, to flee from the voice of strangers. From those who are not the good shepherd, who will not lay down their lives for us, who will not care and provide. I think this is the place many of us need to begin because the voices in our own heads... The voices of condemnation and self-doubt. The voices that hang on all of our failures and beat ourselves up. These are not from God. We need to flee from these voices that are not of Him or from Him. So to learn to listen to God begins with recognizing it all comes from Jesus. After that, there's another way we can learn to listen to God's voice, and that is through Scripture. Do you know that Jesus is actively speaking through this word? Now, sometimes people want to approach this word in such a way they're like, God, where should I go to college? And they like flip it open and they're hoping to find UT because we know that's God's chosen college, right? <laughs> where should I go to lunch? Clearly, it's God's chicken, except on Sundays. I can't do that. But this word is not going to tell us specifics of our culture and our world 2,000 years later. Because frankly, Jesus, at the time of this writing, couldn't care less about UT or Chick-fil-A. Wasn't a thing he cared about at that time. So when we come to Scripture to hear God's voice, what we have to do to begin with is hear the voice to whom he was speaking. As we read Scripture, as we study Scripture, who was he talking to in the context? What was the aim in which they're talking? This is where studying Scripture is a lifelong pursuit. 
It's not a thing we do and then we're done. It's not a thing we've memorized and now we move on. We continually come back to his word and we learn from it. We listen, what are you speaking? And the neat thing about him speaking through his word is there's a lot of different ways that we can practice being in his word to hear him differently. One of them I mentioned briefly two weeks ago with talking to Jesus is we can pray scripture. So we can read a verse and we can pray that back to him. The same is true for listening. We can read a verse and say, God, what do you want to teach me today through this verse and through this word? Warning, I'm not referring to new revelation that nobody else in the history of the world has ever had. If you ever hear God's voice or think he's leading you in such a way to have a new idea, know that's probably not true and wrong, okay? Because there's nothing new under the sun, and you and I should not be receiving any kind of revelation that reveals something nobody else has ever had, because God has already revealed to us all of himself that he's going to reveal through Scripture. But we can, in our listening to Scripture, have him reveal things we have never learned ourselves, things about who he is or what he's doing or what he's saying. So we can listen to his voice by spending time in his word and simply asking, as I read, what do you want me to see? What do you want me to hear? What do you want to speak to me in that? And perhaps as we're reading, we come across this like we read the story of Mary and Martha and we get stuck. Are you anxious and troubled? We don't know why we're stuck there, but we just keep coming back to that. Part of listening to God would be to ask him, what are you trying to say? And then sitting silently and letting him speak. We can listen to God through Jesus and in Scripture. Also, we can listen to God in this next way through our life circumstances. Did you know that God often uses our situations to teach us things? We just have to be willing to pay attention. How many of you have ever been late? Have you ever noticed that whenever you're running late somewhere, you hit every red light? It doesn't matter where you're going or how late you are, you hit every red light. This morning I was late. I was running late. I left my house. I said, that'll be fine. I'll make up time on the interstate. And I did not make up time on the interstate. Because this morning there was a car accident, a really bad one, that shut the interstate down entirely. And I sat in what should have been an eight minute drive, not going the speed limit, 10 minutes had I gone the speed limit. Instead, I sat for about 35, behind semis, just slowly inching my way towards the one lane exit. In these circumstances, often God wants to speak to us. Sometimes he may be speaking, saying something as simple as peace. It's okay. You don't need to be in such a rush all the time. It will be okay. Sometimes through our circumstances, he wants to speak something really, really clear. So for example, if you're walking downtown at night in the dark and somebody with a knife comes up to you and they're wearing a mask, perhaps the awareness of your circumstance, God will say to you, you should get out of here. This isn't a good place to be. Or... Perhaps you'll speak in those same circumstances how you get through them well. 
Perhaps you'll speak what you do next, not necessarily audibly, but we use our senses that he has given to us to simply recognize what are you doing right now, God? What this looks like in our daily life is so practical and simple. When you go to God's chicken on a Monday and you're ready to enjoy it, simply asking God, is there anybody here that you want me to bless or encourage or love? And maybe that's as simple as holding the door open and not letting it slam on the person behind you or smiling or being friendly to the person who's struggling at the register or maybe that's actually you learning to speak to others things they need to hear in the moment. We'll get to that one here in, a month, in just a sec. Our circumstances, however, are really, really fickle. So when you learn to listen to God through your circumstance, let me just give you a heads up. Not every circumstance is God speaking, but God can speak into every circumstance. You running late might be because you were irresponsible and didn't go to bed early enough last night. Or, in the midst of that, God might be trying to encourage you to slow down and rest in Him. So while the circumstance may not be from God, He may speak into it anyway. We just have to be listening. What do you want to do right now, God? What do you want to show me? Where do you want to move? Next, we can listen to God through our desire. Did you know this? God gives us good desires. He also has told us that we are filled with evil desires. Our desires are not inherently good or bad. It's the aim at which those desires are oriented. Our desire can lead to all kinds of sin. Very few people wake up one morning and go, you know what, I have no interest in having an affair, but I think today is a good day for that. But they may wake up day after day with the desire for somebody to love them differently than their spouse has, which creates room for them to find that love in somebody differently and then to walk in sin. The flip side, however, can also be true. Do you have a desire to serve in a way you don't yet know how? To bless a population of people you have never imagined being with? Do you have a desire for a career path? You don't even know what your next step is? Maybe those desires are good and from God to lead you to walk in the things he's prepared for you. So when we learn to pay attention to our desire, both the good and the bad, the bad we surrender before him and say, my desire for sin, God, needs forgiveness. Bring me healing. But these other desires, what are you trying to show me or teach me or do through me? We can use those desires to point us to him. Now, let me just be really, really clear. Because our desire is sinful, how do we listen to God and know that it is God giving us these desires? Well, I would say God is giving us these desires. We know this through Scripture. If our desire is contrary to Scripture, don't do that. If our desire is something that Scripture doesn't speak about, God uses community and people to speak into these circumstances and desires. And, and when you're like, I really feel led to do this thing, but I don't know how, maybe 
people around you will confirm that and go, I think that would be great for you to do. Have you looked into nursing school? Have you considered seminary? Have you thought about moving to that town you want to move to, though you don't know why? Maybe you should pursue that. We can listen to God through our desire, collaborated with his word and with one another. Now, this next way that we can listen to God, I just have to be really clear up front. Most people get super uncomfortable with this. Do you know that we can listen to God through prophecy? Like still to this day, God speaks. Now, oftentimes when we think about prophecy, we think of the Old Testament and guys like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Daniel who are like, this is what's coming soon and and it's foretelling the future. Do you know Paul talks about the gift of prophecy as a thing for the church, not foretelling the future, but foretelling right now what is? Prophecy is a gift intended to encourage and edify to build up the body of believers. What does this look like today? When you stop in your prayer time and you've been interceding on behalf of somebody, maybe you just begin to ask God, God, what do you have to say to them? What do you want to encourage them with? How can I speak that encouragement to them? Now, please don't hear me. I've heard people in the past say things like, I just want to encourage you. God told me I'm supposed to marry you. That's creepy. Don't do that, okay? Even if it's true, don't do that. Just hold it to yourself and keep it in until it happens. If you feel like God is leading you to say something of encouragement to another, you don't even have to tell them it's from God. It can be something as simple as, As I was praying for you today, I just really felt strongly that I needed to reach out and see how you're doing. Are you doing okay right now? And maybe they're not. Probably, however, if they've been put on your mind, they need you to reach out. Prophecy can simply be speaking what we all know to be true. So when somebody is filled with anxious trouble and pain and sorrow, the truth of Scripture God has promised that he will sustain you. And let me just encourage you today, he hears your every prayer and he cares about you. Do you know that can be just as prophetic as all the things Isaiah did? Speaking what is true into the lives of people who need to hear it. And God throughout scripture often in prophecy gives people dreams. Did you know he could still speak through dreams today? Now, Don't get me wrong, not every dream is from God. Sometimes you just ate a bad burrito, okay? (laughs) But sometimes the dreams he may give can lead you to follow the direction and the plans he's putting before you. What if you just began to pay attention to your dreams, to jot them down and to ask, was there anything here, Lord, that you want me to say? I have a friend who nearly 10 years ago had a really bizarre dream and he woke up from this bizarre dream and he began to share the bizarre dream with his wife. And she began to interject parts of his dream for him because unbeknownst to the two of them, they had the exact same dream the same night. And as they began to pray, what is this about, Lord? And as they began to pursue, God, where are you moving? And they started talking with others and looking in Scripture. What they came to realize was God had given them this dream to move them and their family 
out of a very comfortable job and a comfortable neighborhood and a comfortable life all the way across the ocean to Malawi to live in Africa and to serve the people there. And through that dream and the conversations and the things that came after, they've now been there almost nine years as a family. They've had children there. They've adopted children there. They've seen good times and bad times, and they are faithfully caring for the people there in Malawi, proclaiming Jesus to all who will listen. Because they had a dream that they listened to and didn't just pass off as a bad burrito. So if you find yourself as somebody who regularly has vivid and realistic dreams, maybe God wants to speak through that. Start asking for clarity. Start listening for what it may mean. Start looking for community to help you interpret. See, Scripture interprets Scripture, and I believe that everything God speaks today, we can interpret through Scripture and through Jesus. And he's given us the church, the body of believers, to do just that. So maybe he wants to speak through you in prophecy. And finally, there's this last way that we can begin practicing listening to God. And it's something simply called a listening prayer. And here's how this works. Find yourself in your prayer time, wherever that time and that space is, and begin to just ask God, God, give me a picture of who I need to pray for today. Show me in my mind who you want me to pray for. Show me what you want to pray about. And just begin to pray whatever you begin to see or picture or think about. That intentional time of just listening, I don't have an agenda, God. What's your agenda today? What would you like to do right now? You'll find yourself amazed at the number of people God puts in your mind that maybe you had no idea you needed to be praying for. This can be incredibly helpful for somebody who, like myself, often gets really easily distracted. Okay, God, I've been all over the place. Just right now, who should I pray for? And the first name that comes to my mind, I'll start praying for them. When we make this a habit, I promise you, you will begin to experience God speaking not always and probably not often in really big, booming voices, but in very still, small whispers. A thought that keeps coming back you can't seem to shake. A thought that comes to mind in a time that seems so contrary to what you would have thought on your own. Like when you're in that dangerous situation and you want to run and hide and the thought says, go say hello. You're like, that, that guy's got a knife. I don't think I should say hello. That's probably not of yourself. Now, is that of God? I don't know yet. We'll find out in the situation. But the more we learn to simply listen and not talk, the more our prayer becomes a relationship and a conversation and we see that this God who 2,000 years ago came for you and me is still today for you and me. He's not abstract and distant and withdrawn. He is present even now and still speaking to us. We just have to learn to listen. As we learn to listen, God always speaks for the sake of his people. In fact, most of the times he speaks throughout the Old Testament has very little to do with what an individual wants in their life. 
I like the story of Samuel where Samuel is there in the temple before God's presence and he's sleeping and he hears a voice and he thinks it's the priest. He gets up and he's like, hey, how can I help? And the priest's like, I didn't call you. So he goes back to bed and again he hears a voice and, and the third time he hears a voice and finally says, okay, God, here I am, I'm listening. And then God begins to speak a really difficult message to him. Look, the priest whom you love, his sons are going to die and so is he on the same day. And then the priest comes back to Samuel and says, whatever you heard from God, tell me. See, sometimes the things God wants to speak are really hard to say. Like when we have to speak into our loved ones and say, your behavior is unhealthy and this isn't okay. And these are the boundaries to help you find the healing you need. Sometimes the things we need to speak into others is really, really difficult if we do it in our own strength, we will always fail. But if we stop to listen and let God simply speak through us, I promise he will do what he has set out to do in those words. Will you pray with me? God, we don't want to just come before you with all of our petitions and intercessions and all of our ramblings. We want to learn to listen to you. I ask right now that you would put on every one of our minds one person we need to pray for today. God, I ask that you would put on all of our minds one person we need to encourage today. As we learn to be with you and to seek you and to talk to you, would you begin to teach us how to listen? Today we pray for Kylie, for Kathy, for Robert. We ask for healing for each of these individuals. We pray for Lynn and for Kelly. Give them courage and peace for all that is next. God, we pray for Corby, the death of his dog. Comfort him. Strengthen him and help him to find joy in you through this pain. May we be a people, Lord, who in all things seek your face. So now we pray together as you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. As we continue our worship this morning, we're going to continue by collecting an offering. If you have been here the last few weeks, you've noticed we've got this jar over here. We're trying to fill it with all of your spare change from your couch and your car and all the places you might have forgotten change for a few years. Uh, we are going to give all of the change in this jar and all of the money in it to the empty cup. 
which is an organization here in town, a coffee shop that gives all of their profits and proceeds to adoption grants and supporting foster parents. And so next week will be the last week that we have this here, because it'll be the end of February, and then we're going to give it to them. Uh, if you have any change in your pockets or in your purse or at home still that you would like to bring to put in there, you can put it in there. If, however, you'd like to bring a regular offering today, either with cash or check or online, if you prefer, you can do a cash and check offering to go to the point in the boxes as you leave. If you fill out one of those connect cards with a way we can pray with you, with a way we can connect with you, you can place that in those black boxes as well. And if you prefer to give online, you can give at thepointknox.com by clicking the little teal button in the bottom corner. However you give and whatever you give, know this. We don't give to get God's love, but because we already have it. Thank you. Well, every week we invite your questions. If you've never been to an Ash Wednesday service, join us this Wednesday. I love Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. They're two much more traditional um, services in the church calendar, and I think they're spectacular opportunities to begin and end Lent together where we spend time in prayer and devotion. If you've never done it, you should come on out and join us. I'm excited for it. So now every week we invite questions. Now, Jay, I'm going to have you scoot a little closer to the middle. I know you like to hang out on the side of the stage normally. Hide in the corner. Yeah, Jay's not a middle of the stage kind of guy most of the time. So, Jay, what questions came in today for me to respond to? Um, there's a few of them here. The first one is, where is Emily? Haven't seen her in a while. Uh, haven't seen her singing on stage or answering questions after service. She's currently probably on a plane, or she will be soon. Emily and I had, a joy, had the joy of being at a conference in Phoenix this weekend, or this last week. Uh, we both got to speak there and present. She spoke about social media for churches, and I spoke about discipleship. It was a really good time. Um, but she did not have to be here on Sunday morning. I did, apparently. So uh, I had to fly back yesterday, and she got to come back on a cheaper flight today. So that's right. where she's at at the moment. Okay, so the next one says, do you think Martha's love language was acts of service and Mary's was quality time? Sure. If you don't know about the five love languages, Google it. They're pretty great understanding of communication and relationships. And uh, it's certainly possible that she was trying to show love through the serving. And sometimes even then we just need to learn to be with Jesus. Okay, so this next one is kind of two parts. Um, so I'll do my best to get through this clearly here. So the first one says, I'm confused. You say to spend time with God, and then you say our prayers are really not important or way down the list to God. Yeah, let me clarify that. Your prayers are super important, but you talking to God is not nearly as important as him talking back to you, okay? Because what he has to say to you is always going to be better than what you have to say to him. So start by spending time talking to him, and then continue with time listening for him to respond, okay? And the second part of that is, I try so hard to discern what, God's, what is God and what is Satan. I mean, sometimes it's just obvious, but others, I get stumped. Uh, I have made so many decisions in my life that I thought were right, and then I found out that I was wrong. Here's what I'll say to that. Send boldly. And let me clarify, don't go sinning because you can. Uh, seek the Lord and listen to his voice. And if what you do and discern ends up being wrong, repent and be forgiven uh, abundantly. 
So don't go trying to do what is wrong because you can get away with it. That's bad. No, do what you think is, is God and is best. Seek wise counsel and scripture and follow others' advice. Do what you think is wise. And if it turns out to have been a total failure and mistake, thank God you're forgiven. Be forgiven, okay? I hope that helps. Um, and the rest are comments. So this one just came in. It says, I love your prayer. Thanks. Um, and then Adam's sermon on prayer was awesome, and our music guys knocked it out of the park today. Yes. Say amen. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. And then there's another one. Just a comment. I listen really well to the music. And when I hear the worship team, I feel the most convicted and spoken to. Thank you, worship team, for the time you put into me. And there's another comment. Talk about really putting me on the spot. <laughs> and Jay Stokes, you have found your voice. Woo! Keep it up. Yeah. <laughs> It only took me about 10 years of doing it. So, <laughs> so and going back to why has Emily not been on stage, that's exactly a big part of it. Uh, one of the things we want to do is get more people to be comfortable speaking because we're one church and it doesn't need to be a scary thing to talk to the church. And so um, we've been pushing Jay and Blake and Steve and all kinds of others. Hey, why don't you do something more? So thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, and by the way, I just simply told Jay he was doing the questions today. I didn't ask. And he wasn't even in the room when I said, hey, Jay, you're going to do this. So then like five or six people went and told Jay he was doing it. Thanks, okay, Jay. I'll get you back. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys are not serving and you would like to serve, not necessarily up here, you could start up here if you'd like, or you could start with other ways like coffee or greeting or kids point. If you want to serve, come talk to me and I'll find a way to put you out of your comfort zone and stretch you further. Okay. We love volunteers. I yeah been volunteering here for over 10 years and it's i'll just have to say for a second it's so awesome that we actually get sundays off uh and that we have people that can rotate in and the more the merrier it's a really awesome community to be a part of so sign up to volunteer yeah thank you as you go this week receive this blessing may the lord bless you and keep you may he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you may he look upon you with favor and give you his peace amen have a good week. Thank you for listening to one of our Sunday morning messages. If this message has made an impact in your life, please let us know. Simply fill out the Contact Us page on thepointknox.com. And if you'd like to be a part of supporting The Point Ministry, simply go to thepointknox.com forward slash support. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person Every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., we pray this message has an impact in your life or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are.